0: Life Audio. Today, we are talking about the She Hears Bible Study. And I know it's something you guys have heard me reference before. And if you don't know me, I want to just spend a little bit of time talking about what birthed that project in me and the way that God used it to not just minister to me, but to minister to the women around me. I had been speaking at conferences really kind of across the globe for children's pastors and women's ministry kind kind of events, and what I started to realize is that a lot of women, regardless of their age, regardless of the demographic, they were really struggling with the same thing, doubting whether or not what they heard from the Lord was them, or if it was God, and how could they know the difference, and not only that, they also doubted their own leadership because of sometimes the men around them, and Whether that was a theological position of the church they were serving in or just their own insecurities, it was a really common problem. And so I sat out to wonder on my own accord, like, what does scripture say about this? And what ended up happening was, is I was in a worship service and I was just bringing this before the Lord and God very clearly said to me, Rachel, you do hear me. And it was in that moment that I knew that I was really being tasked with this, huge, huge assignment of looking at the scriptures and seeing what Jesus had to say about it. And so what I did is I took apart six women in the book of John that were in the life of Jesus, and I looked at how he encouraged and equipped them and what he had to say about things. So that's what we're going to get into today. I hope you join me. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus podcast. I am so excited about what we're going to be doing next. Um, As you may have heard from the previous episode, we are going to be diving into some content from the She Hears Bible Study, which is a Bible study that I have coming out on June 29th, 2021. It will be available online at first, and then really anywhere books are sold, so you can get it at your local Christian bookstore, uh, Amazon, Warner Press, which is the publisher direct from from their website. I'll put the link in the show notes. For right now, depending on when you're listening to this, between now and June 22nd, you can get 20% off if you pre-order it through the publisher. And I'm just so excited to kind of just share today a little bit of an intro as to what kind of birthed this project. Uh, What is She Hears? What does that mean? And what you can kind of expect if you choose to go through the Bible study. In all honesty, um, this is a passion project that was really birthed several years ago. Um, I had been working in the local church and Speaking, I had written another book called Go, and I had been traveling around the country and speaking to women, well, children's pastors, but that included a lot of women all over the country. And one of the things that I found echoed in a lot of the conversations I was having was this general sense that women felt like their voices were not being heard. And for whatever reason, whether that was the you know theological perspective of the church they were serving in or because of their position or lack of paid position on staff, there was just a lot of reasons. And there was also this other sense of how can I truly know that I'm hearing from God? How do I know it's not just my own voice, my own heart? And how can I tell the difference? And so I started just taking some notes because this was something that was echoed in my own life that I really, it's not so much that I struggled with it, but I recognized it. I would have uh, something very clearly that the Lord would would share with me or show or reveal through his word. And when I tried to share that in certain circles, it was not always uh, well-received. Sometimes it was, and sometimes it was received by my male counterparts in a way that just gave me validation and um, allowed the Lord to kind of work through it. And in other circles, it just was kind of put the put the kibosh on it because I was a female, and surely God wasn't speaking to females in that way. So what I realized was that we needed to go back to the scripture to see uh, what Jesus had to say about all of this. And one of the things I think you've probably heard me say it before, if you've been listening for a while, or you will hear it uh, as we continue to talk about biblical content, is we always have to be reading um, with two things in mind. Number one is the meta-narrative of scripture. And so by meta-narrative, I mean, what is the large picture? What is the big picture of the entirety of scripture when we look at the whole Bible and this storyline of who God is and who, who what God wants to do in and through us? Old Testament, New Testament, all of it. I think there is a danger when we start cherry picking certain verses to prove our point instead of reading what God's point is and deriving our opinions and and things from that. And then the second thing is is reading through the lens of Jesus. And so um there are elements because of our human condition that we are just not going to understand certain things in our human minds this side of heaven. That's the reality of it. However, We can get a really good idea of what things mean when we look through the lens of Christ. And so my thought on a lot of things is, what does Jesus have to say about this? How did Jesus act? How did did he respond? And what can we learn from, from his response? I had had a particularly hard conversation with somebody and I felt like I had been dismissed. God really had been burdening my heart for something and I tried to share it. And when I did, it was very evident that because I was female, they were not going to take it seriously. And I realized that that not only hurt me, but it hurt them. And, you know, initially, of course, I was angry and I felt a little like, you know, dismissed, but ultimately that was something that God wanted to work on in them. And they were missing out on the blessing because they just dismissed me because I was female. And so I kind of started on this quest to just really examine in the gospels what Jesus had to say about all of this. And at the very beginning of this process, I was sitting in a moment of worship. I remember very clearly I was sitting, it was dark, darker in the room, and I just felt very free to kind of just weep about this burden that I was having, not just for me, but for other women. And when that moment happened, I very clearly heard the Lord say, Rachel, you do hear me. And that was life-changing for me because God was validating the fact that I could hear him with his own voice. And So what that started in that process in that time, again, this was several years ago, was just my own personal Bible study. And for my own knowledge, just to kind of have um, something to fight back with when the enemy started whispering uh, words of inadequacy and dismissiveness, you know, there are oftentimes things that we can, especially as women, but I think everybody does this, we can get caught up with because of our own emotions and sometimes what we have to do is realize that the word of god is more powerful than what we feel we have to rely on what we know and what we know is that god is good and god does good so um she hears was kind of birthed out of that the next year now i had spent a whole year of study on this the next year i was on sabbatical um at At the staff that I was working on at the time. And I had a three week sabbatical and it was a busy time of year. It was Christmas time. And it was kind of a surprise sabbatical. I didn't know it was coming. So I did not plan ahead as far as going somewhere or anything like that. But what I did do was start to kind of flesh out what this would look like. And I started really kind of praying about maybe perhaps I should start sharing some of this content with the world. And I didn't know what it looked like at that point. Um, There was no blog. I did not have the She Hears blog yet. I I had a network of women uh, that I worked with and men that I feel like also need to hear this message. But I had a network of of pastors that I was working with. And I thought, man, we need to be having this conversation. This was before the Me Too stuff happened. This was really, nobody was talking about this, uh, especially in ministry spaces. And so I outlined how I would approach this if it were to be a book. I had, I've written my previous book and I just kind of, I knew that that was going to be the first of, of many. And so I sent it to my publisher. And at the time it was kind of like, okay, what, what else do you have? And, um, I don't think that was intentional on their part. I just don't think it was the right season for this book, for this project, they, the publisher had been kind of going through a little bit of a transition with staffing, and um, it just kind of fell. It didn't really go anywhere, and I just kind of took that as, okay, well, I wrote the proposal. It This must not be a book. Maybe this is a podcast, or maybe this is a, uh, actually, I didn't think it was a podcast. I thought maybe it was a blog or a, a magazine article because I had been writing for some resource magazines, or maybe this is curriculum or for a women's ministry, those kinds of things. And then COVID happened and hashtag me too happened and lockdowns and quarantines happened. We're going to actually take a quick break right here. And when we come back, we'll finish talking about the She Hears Bible study and the difference between Bible study and devotional. Stay tuned. My publisher then came back around and said, Hey, how soon can you have this book written? And I thought, Man, God, I'm so thankful for your timing because your timing is so much better than my timing. So during the quarantine, I really fleshed out this book, and as I was writing it, uh, my publisher said, "You know, I don't, we don't think this is a book. We think this is a Bible study." And that's so ironic because my goal and my dream has always been to write Bible studies, but I figured it would happen by writing a couple nonfiction books and then gaining trust with the publisher and, and the the audience, and eventually writing, uh, you know, Bible studies after I've earned the trust of, of, of people. And so for this to be turned back around and say, hey, you know, we think this is actually Bible study. I thought, oh my goodness, Lord, this is so amazing. So I spent the next portion of quarantine um, from, I think it was probably March to August, writing. And what I set out to do Is not necessarily what ended up happening now I say that you know overall it did it it certainly did but I started with an outline of the women that I wanted to study and to share about and how I thought things were gonna go was not what God did and I'm so glad that he is in control and we are not I think um, you know sometimes when you're writing for Christian biblical content anyway at least this has been my experience and this is, I think, similar to preaching and teaching. We can prepare. We can do the research. We can do the study. We can spend all the time um, kind of planning and mapping things out. And then when when I start to write, um, I very clearly surrender that to the Lord and just say okay Lord like this is your this is your book and I often say I'm just a scribe I write down the last book I wrote down what God did this time I wrote down what God said and so my role becomes that of scribe where I'm just trying to communicate to you what God has communicated to me and in all honesty My name is on the cover of this book just because I am the first one that got to read a copy. And that's not original to me. I think uh, John Bevere says that. But it's very, very true. I only was the first person to read this book. And um, my hope is that it can bring to you some of the healing that, that happened for me. So during the course of the pandemic, I was working on this. And... The content, you know, the amazing thing about God's Word is it's not just like regular research. When you're researching, you know, science or researching literature, um, it is what it is. You you read the literature, you read the the perspectives, and you report on it. With biblical content, you know, God's Word says that it is living and active. And even though some of these uh, biblical narrative stories are things that I have read and studied throughout my life, um, They were delivered to me in a fresh way, in a way that God really used to transform and heal some really broken spaces in my own life. And so what my hope is for you is that you will read these stories with a fresh perspective. Um, Some of the women that, that are in this book are studied and overstudied and written about and overwritten about to the point where you might look at this and say, I don't, I don't, I don't need to study that. I already did. Or I did a Bible study on that at my church. My encouragement to you would be to throw out that way of thinking and to put on a fresh mind and a fresh perspective, because even though you may have read these stories or studied these women, you didn't do it this way and you didn't do it with these words and you didn't do it with my perspective or the perspective that God used to reveal through my words. And so my encouragement would be just to come at this as if it was the first time you were studying these women and really examine what it says and listen to what God is saying through all of that. One of the, the things that I am so passionate about that I love is the, the historical and cultural aspects of scripture. And, you know, I have been a uh, I guess you could say a theologian for a long time. Somebody called me that. Um, in this process. They well, they call me a scholar. And I thought, man, am I a scholar? But um, you know, that kind of took me by surprise. However, I do study the Word of God. And I think in terms of theology, um, if you were somebody that thinks about God, you're a theologian. And one of my professors in seminary just says, you know, we're all theologians to some degree. It just depends on if you're a good one or a bad one. Because we're all thinking about God. I mean that's kind of how we were created, even non believers Uh, at certain points in their lives, whether they realize it or not, they are thinking about God. So studying and learning God's word is something that I've had a long, long um, love affair with. And, you know, it wasn't always like that. When I was a younger believer, I would you know, participate in church. And if there was a women's Bible study or something, I would go through the book and I would respond to the scriptures that were in the book and and that kind of thing. But really, as far as reading it on my own, I, you know, I might start a Bible plan and then not finish it halfway through or something like that. It wasn't really till I was in my mid twenties that I started to take God's word seriously. And some of that, of course, coincided with when I started doing um, cross-cultural missions to third world countries. And I saw, um, you know, the lack of God's word in other countries and how they might have one Bible in their village and they all take a page and they share the page and then they trade the page or there just simply isn't Bibles in their languages. Um, and so I, of course, that was happening and I started having a new perspective on you know, the 25 Bibles that were in my house. But then also um, I had the opportunity to meet a missionary who had moved back from Africa and he was in his late 80s and, you know, had a hard time walking. had a hard time, he, you know, he was just so ready to go to heaven, but he had a hard time communicating. Um, if you tried to have conversations with him, sometimes you might be able to get through. Sometimes you couldn't. It was um, really just a sunset season for him as he was, um, you know, in retirement age and just kind of getting ready to, to meet Jesus. And we had the opportunity, my husband and I did to have dinner with him with some other pastors. And the thing that he said to me when we gathered to pray at the end, he said, and and, you know, we hadn't even really had that much lucid conversation with him and he did not really know me, but he looked at me in the eye and he said, it's about the word pray for a love for the word. He said, that is what will sustain you. And here's a man who had spent 70 years on the mission field in Africa and had, you know, countless people that had come to faith in in Jesus because of him. And that was what he was holding on to, even in moments where he could not completely verbalized his other thoughts, that was what he was holding on to. And that's what he was communicating. And that struck me so powerfully. And so um, I started to pray, God, give me a love for the word like this, man. I I want to be in love with you. I want to be in love with your word and help me to understand your word. And what I started to do was not just read the word, but then really get um, attached to The original text of the Hebrew and the Greek. And I knew enough to study a little bit, but I knew enough to know that there's so much I don't know. And so I had a degree in ministerial leadership. I had been to, uh, Bible college for undergrad and ministered in uh, youth ministry. And then I had been doing children's ministry and, you know, I had a good foundation, but I really sought out to go back to school and really focus on exposition of scripture and an exposition. If you don't know, it just means really diving into and studying all the different aspects of of the history, the culture, the genre, all those kinds of things of scripture. And so what that does is it adds a layer of understanding for me anyway, in a really fresh way that just makes these scriptures so thick, uh, rich and so um, relevant and so meaningful and powerful that My goal, I think, with not just She Hears, but for future writings, and um, we have another Bible study coming out on the website about the desires of the heart, Um, and even in my blog posts or podcasts or whatever, my goal is always to take some complex theological concepts and break them down so that you can understand them um, just as a a person who wants to study the word. And I'm kind of trying to become the resource that I wish I had had when I was in that place. And of course not now. I know where to go and how to find um, you know, good resources and all those kinds of things. But when I was in my 20s, I didn't I didn't want to do all that. I mean, I might have wanted to know the things, but I didn't want I wasn't in a place where I was going to go seek them out. And you know, that kind of happened over the last 20 years as I've matured in my faith and in my relationship with the Lord. But I really want to take some of the history and the culture and show you how it's relevant, show you how it changes our perspective, show you how it can change the aspects of, um, how we maybe understand the scriptures. And, to be perfectly honest, I've had a couple people ask me in the last week or so as we're sharing about this book launch, what's your what's your theological background? Um, I'm a mutt. <laughs> you know, I grew up in a very... I was saved in a very conservative Christian Missionary Alliance church, and part of my undergrad was done at Ticola Falls Bible College where it was conservative uh, theology. And then I... Worked in a non denominational church which had its roots in Pentecostalism but was not Pentecostal. Um, I guess the faith message would be the best way to describe it. Um, they believed in personal, you know, gifts of the Holy Spirit, but it wasn't necessarily a public thing in, in church on Sundays, that kind of thing. And in that time of my life, I was going to an Assemblies of God college. And, um, you know, studying again, it was an assemblies of God college, but they accepted people from all denominations. So that's kind of where I finished up my undergrad. And then, um, I made the switch to Talbot school of theology at Biola, which is more conservative in their theology. And, um, I think where I've arrived at is, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't. I don't know why we have to put a label on it. Um, I just want Jesus. I want Jesus. I want to know him and I want to make him known. That's my theology. That's my theological background. Um, There are aspects of all of the different denominations that I can appreciate. And there's other aspects that I don't necessarily appreciate. And so um, I'm... I don't know what to call that (laughs) other than, um, I don't think that scripture demands that we call ourselves anything. And so that's my answer. It's a complicated way to say, I don't know. And, um, I, if you know me at all, I don't like being put in a box. We, this is totally a sidebar. This is a freebie. If you've not done the Enneagram stuff and looked at the Enneagram, you should Google it and, um figure that out, and maybe I'll do a series on that. But I'm an Enneagram 8 on the scale, and when uh, a friend of mine started Setting this a couple years ago he said you're an eight and I said I don't I'm not defined by a number and he said that is such an eight thing to say um, so if you know anything about the Enneagram I'm an eight with a wing seven which means I like to have a lot of fun but I can also get a lot of stuff done but I will also help you get a lot of stuff done so that we can go have fun that's my that's my <laughs> definition of it but my my point in saying all that is It is in my nature my personality to say, don't put me in a box. And if you do, it's only going to lead to um, conflict with us. Because as an eight, I also don't shy away from conflict. So if you try to put me in a box, I'm just going to, you know, rip a hole in the side. So I think that's part of the reason why I'm here, writing this book and and sharing the message of She Hears. When you say to me, well, you can't hear from God because you're a woman. um, I'm like, you know what? Guess what? not only am I going to hear from God, but I'm going to teach a lot of women how to do it too. And so maybe some of this is my own stubbornness. Um, I don't think it's pride. Um, I guess maybe you could say that's prideful. I don't think it's pride. I think it's passion. I think it is a desire, like I said, to know him and to make him known. And so I'm so excited to do this with you. I'm excited to go on this next journey. Um, I'm not going to say it's going to be six weeks because... uh, I don't know how long we're going to take. I think we're just going to go through the six women and see how long that takes us. Um, it is a six-week study in the in the book. If you want to go through the book with us, but um, it is a six-week Bible study, five days a week. So you know, I'm not naive to the fact that everybody's busy, and five days a week might be aggressive for you. Uh, maybe you can only do it once a week, and maybe you can do it three times a week, that is up to you. And that is between you and God. The goal of all of this is to get you to a place where you don't need She Hears, where you can hear from God on your own. Oh, that being said, I want to also kind of break down for you um, one of the things that we do in the Bible study. I don't know if you've ever heard of this or not, but this was life-changing for me. We are using the color method of study. And um, I will link in the show notes video to what the color method is Um, I had been shown this a long time ago and there really is no right or wrong way to do it in the sense that I use I think it's six colors to go through the color method of Bible study when it comes to studying the scriptures there are some people that do 12 there's some people that do three Um, you need to figure out what works for you and what helps you hear from God but what I have done is I have assigned a certain color to different aspects of the scriptures. So one day we might be looking for all of the names in scripture and highlighting all the names in green. And another day we might be looking for um, the ways that the Holy Spirit or only God can move or do something. And we might be highlighting that in blue. Or um, my own personal things that God is you know, pressing on my own heart, that those are going to be highlighted in yellow. You can choose whatever colors you want to do. You can choose whatever, however many you want to do them. The point that I'm trying to make here is that we are reading scripture with the intention of breaking it down so we can understand it. And like anything else, you know, scripture is literature. There's lots of different kinds of literature, but it is literature. And so, you know, it's helpful helpful to understand when you're reading literature. It's helpful to understand what a noun is or what a verb is. But yet we, you know, kind of skip that when it comes to scripture. Um, But yet, if I'm going through the scriptures and I'm trying to identify all the verbs in the story, I can start to make the connections where God is saying, go, stay, wait, pray, or, you know, whatever it is. And that helps me to really understand what does this have to do with me? How does this affect me? Is there something here that I can obey? Um, So there's just different aspects like that that we're going to go through. Um, as we go through the the color method and the goal at the end of all of this is putting all of that together. So in the beginning chapters, the first five chapters, what you will see is we will be practicing one of those skills a day. So one day we're looking for names. One day we're looking for timing. One day we might be looking for numbers. One day we're looking for verbs, actions. Um, but at the last chapter, what we will do is we will walk through a passage of scripture And look for all of those things in one day. And the reason for that is because when this Bible study is done, what I want to do is make sure that you have a skill set that you can apply to other passages of Scripture so that you can digest them in bite-sized chunks, in a way that becomes relevant and understandable for your life so you can see, what can I obey or what encouragement can I take away from this? Um, I had a friend of mine, a close friend of mine, last week say to me, you know, I look at a Bible and I get overwhelmed overwhelmed by all the words. And I have the study Bible, so at the top it has the scripture, and on the bottom it has the notes. But even just like seeing all those notes and going back and forth, it overwhelms me, and I don't know how to handle it. We're gonna address that, um, and and I think honestly, taking smaller chunks of scripture and spending a little bit of time on them to the point where you understand them and can use that information to affect your daily life, that to me is sometimes more valuable than you reading five chapters in a day and not understanding anything you read. And please don't mistake what I'm saying. It's not that, you know, just by reading God's word, God can't do something. He absolutely can, and he often does, and I've seen that happen. But when it comes to informing our behavior, informing our spiritual growth, informing our um spiritual formation and how we grow and understand who God is in in greater clarity and and what that means for our life. How do we become more like him? I think we really need to understand it. We need to understand the foundational concepts that Jesus reveals in his word. So um that's the goal. That's the goal of what we're doing. That is what birthed she hears. That's why I wrote the book. That's what my burden is for you. That's what I've been praying over you. Um, Whether you get the book or not, I I still want to walk through some of these concepts with you um, because I think it's very valuable in helping us understand who God is. So we're going to start that next week. We're going to start with um, just an introduction of the material. We're going to talk about Bible study tips, which I think can translate to any Bible study study that you're doing. you know, there's lots of fun things in store. So I hope you stick around. I'm really excited to have you. And as always, if you have things that you want to talk about or questions, or we start getting into this, and you think, well, wait, what? What about that? Or how do I, how do I deal with this? Um, just reach out to me. It's rachel at shehears.org. It's linked in in the bio of the the show notes here. Um, I would just love to help come alongside of you and serve you in that way. And the reality is, is if you have that question, others probably have that question too. So it helps me understand better how to address and serve you um, as you walk through this material. So I'm going to go ahead and pray as always. And uh, just thank you so much for being here and being a part of the She Hears community. Father God, thank you so much for my friends that are listening to the podcast today. I'm so excited to walk through this next uh, season with them as we are learning and studying your word. God, I thank you for your word, how precious it is. Precious it is. I thank you um, that you desire to speak to us, that you desire to impart to us the wisdom of the scriptures, and I thank you that we are capable of understanding these, uh, despite the... Obstacles we may have had in the past, despite the inability to understand or the feeling of being overwhelmed, that your desire is for us to understand your word. Lord, I I, I counted a privilege to step into that space, and I do not take that lightly. I take it very seriously. So God, I I just pray for me, even that I would be able to clearly communicate the things that you have shared with me, and I pray for my friend here that is listening even today that you would start to quicken their heart for you to crave more of you and your word. And how you are revealed in your word, God. I thank you so much that we have access to your word and that we do not have to share one page at a time within our community, but that we, most of us, probably have several Bibles sitting on our shelves. So, Lord, um, I just pray even right now that you would start to prepare the hearts of your people to receive your word in a way that changes them, God, in a way that um, changes their heart and their mind and their behavior and their relationships to glorify you. God, we thank you. we know that none of this is possible without you so we thank you that you even care we thank you that uh, we can come to you and even ask these things of you and we thank you that you love us enough to answer us god we thank you for uh she hears and the book of john that we're going to be going through and lord i just pray even right now that when it comes time to have some hard conversations that are prompted through this study that you would even now start to prepare our hearts to be able to have those. God, I thank you and I praise you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. I know you've been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. Listen, I know. I've been there myself.